ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Hey ladies, welcome back to the No Higher Calling podcast. I am joined for the third time on this podcast by Rebecca Grant. Thank you so much for joining me again, Becca. It is so great to be back. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So, so far, you're the only person that has come for three episodes. I have a couple that have doubled, but (laughs) you just have so many great things to share. And this topic is kind of totally not at all like the other ones that you've done. Right, um, right. But I think it's a very needed topic as we talk about living above anxiety. This is something that you had shared kind of on Instagram, and it's just the Lord used it to meet me in my need of this struggle and has used this thought again several times, even just in a current season. I think we were talking before, just both of us are in current yes. seasons, and I feel like Every season brings its worries and fears and just those battling emotions. So I'm excited to hear what you have prepared for us tonight and um, just kind of what the Holy Spirit has put on your heart. So if you want to introduce yourself a little bit, just in case somebody's hearing you for the first time. Sure. Yes. Rebecca Grant. Um, My husband is a pastor here at Open Door Baptist Church in Maine, and we love it here. We have three kids And um, like you said, this is a different topic. I have spoken on low tox and nourishment. And then this is a topic that is very near and dear to my heart just because it is a, well, a recurring battle that we fight and living above anxiety. And I, that title speaks to me so much because anxiety, I don't think is something we ever can say that we just have the handle on, you know? Mm Um, But we, God gives us the ability as we yield to him to walk above it in his strength and his power. So, um, yeah, I just, let's dive in. This is not necessarily just like, I don't want to just share all my story, but I do hope that the Lord can use maybe some personal details to encourage someone else. But above all, I know that the word of God Mm -hmm. is what is going to help, um, all of us and help maybe someone who's listening the most. So I just want to start straight off with second Timothy chapter one, verse seven says for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And that verse spoke to me so much. You know, I've, I don't think I'd ever struggled, struggled so much with anxiety until I became a mother yes. and something about having children and things being out of your control mm-hmm. Um, you know, going through a miscarriage and the anxiety that can come with a waiting season, or Mm -hmm. maybe you're pregnant again. And there's so many ways that it can creep into our life until it just turns into this massive thing that we feel like, whoa, how did this happen? Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, have gone through seasons like that and through Bible study and the Lord just really um, encouraged me and spoke to me. And one of the biggest things, this sounds so simple, that helped me is just to recognize that anxiety is not of God. Mm-hmm. It is not his characteristic. It is not something he wants us to deal with. And so when we look at our thoughts and we compare them to who God is, we look at God's character and we check our thoughts against that. That anxiety is not of him. What does God say? We should have power and love and a sound mind. We have to recognize that those anxious thoughts are not from God, but that he can still use us. He can redeem those thoughts and that he can still receive glory from our lives, even when we're dealing with them. We can't discount the power of the Holy Spirit. God says he gives us his spirit. So um, just really basic recognizing the anxiety is not from God helped me in a, you know, just a really physical way that when I was dealing with those mm-hmm. thoughts of anxiety, maybe the physical representations, the symptoms of anxiety, just being able to stop and say, Oh, hold on a second. This is not from God. And then pour truth into my life kind of helps stop things in their tracks sometimes. Mm-hmm. But then one of the probably the most familiar passages uh, is Philippians chapter four, verse six. And I have to go there and read it to you because it's just wonderful. It says, be careful for nothing, mm. 
But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And I love that this verse, it acknowledges the problem. It says, be careful for nothing. There are many things that we can be careful for, that we can worry about if we yes. put, want to put in <laughs> our words, right? In fact, we worry about everything. <laughs> um, but Bible says, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, we can bring it to God. What we can express and then even what we cannot. I don't know about you, but when that anxiety hits, sometimes it robs me of words. I can't mm-hmm. even express how I'm feeling. And then you feel more lost yes. because you can't even express yourself. You don't even know what you're thinking and that confusion. And the Bible tells us that even that we can bring to the Lord, mm-hmm. even that low feeling. I love in Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27, we know Romans 8 for many passages, but in Romans 8, 26 and 27, it says, likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities for we know not what we should pray for as mm-hmm. we ought, but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. And then in verse seven, it continues on that Jesus makes intercession for us. And that was powerful to me because in those moments of maybe it's, you know, it's panic or whatever it is, we feel, can feel so helpless, Mm -hmm. but God is making intercession for us. And even when we cannot physically bring words to our mouth or even to our mind, God is interceding, Jesus is interceding for us and the Holy Spirit can carry us through and, well, I know um, I was talking to one of my little ones the other day. There was just emotion was taking over. And yeah. I was like, let's let's stop and let's pray. And they said, I don't even know what to pray. Mm. And I was like, help, Lord, is a prayer. Yes. He knows exactly what you need. And in that moment, it was kind of like the Lord pricked my heart. Like, uh-huh. it's what you need too. just oh, say help. <laughs> yes. Isn't that so funny how I feel like as a mama, like the Lord uses those moments when we're trying to train our children yes. in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, it is just an instant reminder to us. Wow. It's, it's that simple for me too. Mm-hmm. When we simplify it for them, it's like, yeah, I, wow. It's that simple for me too. Yes. So knowing I can talk to God is not the same as doing it. Sometimes we can just think about that. And because we feel like we can't, we don't, but we have to reach out. Even mm-hmm. if it's just a thought, even if we can't physically say it, um, our prayer is what is going to give us triumph and to get us through. And our lack of prayer it's going to hinder that. Um, and we just have to give, we have to give these burdens to him and just say, Lord, you know, I'm struggling. You know, I can't. And just yield it to him for his, his will, his actions, mm-hmm. not ours. And I think sometimes we know prayer is there all the time, right? Um, but sometimes we just forget that that is our source of strength. It's mm-hmm. what gives us gives us strength. That's what gives us perspective, God's perspective in our life. And it gives us peace. And one thing I love about the power of prayer, especially with anxiety, is that it doesn't change our situation necessarily. It changes us. Yes. You know, it treats the source and the symptoms. Sometimes anxiety is a symptom of something deeper in our life. Mm-hmm. And prayer is what can change us where the root of the issue may be. We can treat, you know, deep, we can deep breathe and we can have all these methods with coping with anxiety, but mm-hmm. prayer is what gets to the bottom of it. Yes. It's where God meets us. It's where he comes and he fellowships with us. And as we dig into his words, so mm-hmm. that's, you know, just digging into that thought that, um, I need to bring everything, everything in prayer yes. to him. And there's a couple Bible examples that really spoke to me. I just want to go through, um, in first Samuel, um, the story of Hannah. So if I don't know if anyone's ever been in a season of loss, perhaps, or just waiting for a child, that is a hard place to deep. I think so many of us can identify with it on such a deep level. And in First Samuel, the whole story is, is wonderful. But I love um, how in verse 15, she's explaining herself and she says, I have poured out my soul before the Lord. You know what? She was, she had a reason to be anxious. She was tormented daily. She was uh, in a spirit of longing. She was barren. She longed for a child and she ran to God. She didn't run from him. And that spoke to me so much 
I, I don't purposely run from God, but perhaps I put up walls in my life. But mm-hmm. she ran to God with everything that she had. And she was praying from the depths of anguish in her heart. In fact, the priest thought that she was drunk. That is how desperately she was calling out to God. And I love Psalm 62, 8 is just a verse that I always go to that tells us to pour our our heart before the Lord, that he is our refuge. Nothing we say is going to shock God. I don't know about you, but sometimes when we have those anxious thoughts, we can surprise ourselves. The things that Satan puts in our mind can, and, and we thought, how can we, how can I come to God with this? And that doesn't surprise him. Be earnest, be transparent before God and pour your heart out before him. I used to kind of shrink back from this because with the reverence that we should give God, I'm not downplaying that. Mm -hmm. I almost felt like I couldn't question or I couldn't ask God why, or I couldn't, if I wasn't coming to God in this perfectly prepared prayer that uh, I couldn't, I don't know how to explain it, but I couldn't Mm -hmm. pour out my heart before him. And then reading this about Hannah, I was like, wow, she just, she put it all out there and God met her and God answered her. Mm -hmm. And so um, putting it out there, but we see in her prayer that she was praying quietly in her prayer, but obviously it was very visible. And it was also helpful to me to realize that silent prayer is not purposeless. When we can't get the words in our mind to come out of our mouth, God still hears them. God still answers them. It can still lead us into um, a beautiful uh, place of relationship, a place of healing. Mm -hmm. And I think this was just so helpful to me because anxiety can just feel like there's no way out. We can feel trapped, alone, misunderstood. It leaves us weary. It leaves us weak. Mm-hmm. But there is one that knows me. Some other people maybe not can't understand it, but there's one who knows me. There is one who accepts me. He values me. He hears me. He heals me. He enables me to walk by his spirit. And not only that, he is God. He's the almighty God. Am I clinging to him am I clinging to my anxiety? I must cling to Christ above all else. And this is for me, what, what spoke to me from the story of Hannah is that she knew that God was everything Mm -hmm. and he met her where she was. But I also love the story of Elijah over in first Kings chapter 19. And this is a man who dealt with some serious obstacles. Mm -hmm. Um, and God he came to him in an amazing way. And in fact, it, I think sometimes anxiety can go easily, it can spiral into perhaps discouragement, even depression and things like that. Um, and the story of Elijah here in chapter 19, he's just won an incredible battle. Verse Chapter 19, verse 2, Jezebel comes after him and says, you know, I'm going to find you and you're going to be, you will not be living by this time tomorrow. And he runs and he flees for his life and he I'm just paraphrasing mm-hmm. so I don't take up too much time. But he, he in verse 4, he sat, sits down. He requests for himself that he might die. And he said, it is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And I don't know if anybody has ever been there. I know we're talking about anxiety here, but I feel like the Lord has laid out my heart to just dig in a little bit deeper here because anxiety can lead us to some dark places mm-hmm. when we feel hopeless yeah. and we become just so lost in those thoughts that we feel as if there's no hope. And this is where Elijah was, the man of God that had just called fire down from heaven. And he had a real problem. He had real emotions, a real exhaustion, physical depletion. And this is where it brought him to. And I was just, I was blown away as I studied this out at how God came to him. And I want to read some of these verses to you. In verse number five, it says, And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake bacon on the coals and a cruise of water at his head, and he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he rose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights into Horeb, the Mount of God. And as I looked at that, some it just, it just jumped off at the page at me that the first thing that God does 
is he comes to him and he touches him. There are no words. There's God didn't directly speak to Elijah in any of this. There are no words. The very first thing he did is he touched him. He nourished him. Mm -hmm. He gave him food. He gave him drink. And then he had him sleep. That's it. And then he did the whole cycle again. And then he gave him a message and he gave him a purpose. He said, arise. I still have a purpose for you. I still am going to be walking with you. He sustained him and he brought him to himself. And that whore of the Mount of God is beautiful because he's inviting Elijah to the place where he resides. Okay, obviously God resided in heaven, but that is where God revealed himself with the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. and many different things. I won't go too deep into that, although I encourage you, dig into that. Study out Mount Hora, the Mount of God, and there's something beautiful there. But God is drawing him, calling him to himself. But he first um, just came to him so tenderly. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but when you're in that dark place, I can sometimes try to muster up enough courage to just keep going. But God says, stop, mm-hmm. rest, nourish. And um, it's very spiritual. Obviously, I believe first and foremost, it's spiritual, but it can also be physical. Mm-hmm. But to keep going, he invites Elijah to pour out his soul. And then he shows himself in gentleness. I won't read the whole thing, but in verse 11, he tells him to go forth and stand upon the mountain. And the Lord passes by with a strong wind and the earthquake And then there's the fire and the still small voice. And then Elijah is standing there and he wrapped himself in his mantle. And the voice comes again unto him and asks him what he's doing here. And Elijah has been showing mercy, mercy, mercy. I have a purpose for you. He's been shown the very presence of God. And I I can so hear Elijah here. He says in verse 14, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant thrown down thy altars, skipping ahead a little bit. Even I, I alone am left and they seek my life to take it away. And with an initial glance, I can kind of be like, wow, really? Like God has done so much for him. Why is he still throwing a pity party? But I don't know. Have you been there? I've mm-hmm. been there. Yes. Where God has met me, God has helped me. And yet I find myself in that place again. Yes. And it can be so discouraging. Mm-hmm. Look what God does. And the Lord said unto him, go return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint um, his ale to be king of Israel. And he continues on. And then he reminds him in verse 18, he says, yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel. He's not really coming down hard on him in judgment, which we would kind of expect, you know, perhaps. Mm -hmm. But he just comes to him and he says, Elijah, I still have purpose for you. I still have a plan for you. I'm going to walk with you. And not only that, I'm going to send someone else to walk alongside with you Mm -hmm. and you are not alone. And I think that's where sometimes with anxiety and this depression, we can feel so alone. And God's reminding him, I am always with you. I still have a purpose for you. And I'm sending someone to walk with you. And we all, whether we may not see it at once, but God does put people in our life Mm -hmm. to walk through these dark seasons with us. Above all, we have Christ and we have his presence. But I think it was just so helpful for me to realize that our struggles do not remove God's love, God's favor, God's Mm -hmm. presence in our life. In fact, it draws him to us and yes. he draws us to himself. God I doesn't... love that tender imagery too, that, that you brought that yes. out that he touched. You know, there's been times where I just emotionally am spent and, mm. you know, I, it, I don't know how it is for you, but husband and wife, you know, so Simeon feels like he needs to be the fixer and, you know, talk yes. me out. And I'm just like, whoa, I just need to be held. I don't need, I don't need you to say anything. I just, I want to be held. But when you said that about God, that's the picture that came to my mind is when I am broken, when I don't even, you know, sometimes I try to mumble to him what's wrong with me. And he's Mm -hmm. like, this doesn't make sense. You know, when I come to God and I'm blubbering all over myself, God, I I don't even know what to say. I'm just broken. He touches you. I love that. I just, it's almost like I just picture God reaching his arms and holding me. And being like, I'm here and we're going to get through this. I loved that. Absolutely. I cannot think of the reference, but there is a verse in Psalms that says, um, come unto me and like basically pour out your heart to God. And he bows down his ear to us. Mm -hmm. And it's the picture of how we bend down. We get on our child's level. We put our arm around them and we listen to their troubles. That is the picture of that verse. And you're right. 
God is such a personal God. Mm -hmm. He wraps his arms around us. And just knowing that that is his character, I don't know about you, but that brings incredible peace to my heart Mm -hmm. that nothing I do ever separates me from his love. My sin may, may bring a break in fellowship, but I am never separated. And he is always drawing me to himself. Mm -hmm. And the fact that um, God, God wasn't judging him saying, I can't believe you didn't have enough faith. I just worked a great and mighty miracle through you. He wasn't coming as the the judgmental, you know, lightning and all that out of the sky, but he was just consistently inviting him to trust him. Mm -hmm. And I think a beautiful truth is that when God's drawing us to himself, he does all the work. You know, we do need to draw to draw nigh to God, But who's the one drawing us? It's the Holy Spirit. Yes. So he is calling us and he is drawing us at the same time. He's doing it all. We, mm-hmm. we're just, we just have to submit and yield. Yes. And he brings us, he brings us to that desired end. Yes. In Psalm 107. So this was just so revolutionary to me. I was in a season where I, I was discouraged. I was, I was depressed. I was dealing with so much anxiety. I felt like no one understood and I was hiding it because I'm in the ministry and, um, I, I, couldn't show anyone. I couldn't tell anyone, you know, and the fact that Elijah was a servant of God and he dealt with these issues um, just especially spoke to me because it gets exhausting when you're trying to continue on in your own strength and just yielding it to God, accepting his grace and his peace gave so much strength to continue on. So um, I don't know where you're at. You might be exhausted by this battle. You might be tired of the war that's w- raging in your mind. You might be torn by truth by and lies, the, mm-hmm. the battle between truth and lies in your mind. And I love what Jesus says to him. I'm transitioning a little bit more to the New Testament here. Jesus um, speaks a good bit on this. And in Matthew chapter 11, um, it's a very familiar passage. You may already have this memorized, but in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, he says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And if that's you, if you are heavy laden, God is calling you to come to him. He invites us to him. And it's just beautiful to remember who is doing this inviting. It is the giver of life. It is the author of peace. It is our perfect and powerful savior. This is the one that is offering us rest. We look for so many other things to give us rest, to give us satisfaction, to give us fulfillment. And none of them are qualified, you could say, to do that. This is the one person. This is the one thing that can give us true rest. And he just opens his arms, like we said, and he says, come, come unto me. He says, take my yoke upon you. And we first hear that if we're heavy laden, you hear, take my yoke upon you. You're like, wait a second. I'm already, I'm already sinking over here. I can't take anything else on. Um, but I read a book recently. I think you had read it too, gentle and lowly. And the word picture he gave just, I was like, wow, I've never fully grasped it like Mm -hmm. this. He explained it as that yoke that Jesus is saying to take on you is, is in the situation of you're drowning, you are falling beneath the waves. And God says, take my yoke upon you. What he's doing, he's saying, I'm throwing you a life jacket. I'm throwing you a life preserver. Take that upon you because that is what will sustain you. That is actually what will buoy you up. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, when anxiety grips us, it grips our heart. Maybe our heart is racing where you feel like we can't breathe. When it we feel in the grip of anxiety, we must run to Jesus. He's calling us. He is the one that can give us refuge and rest. That anxiety may be unrelenting, but his grace is always more every single time, no matter what it is. His grace is always more. I love in John chapter one, when he's giving us a glimpse of who he is, he says, in the beginning was the word in verse 16, he says, and of his fullness have all we received and grace for grace. And that literally means grace piled upon grace. We have received the fullness of Christ, have we not? And what is that? It is grace upon grace. And that is what Jesus offers to us. When he offers us himself, he's offering us that grace. And what does he say? Paul talks about it in 2 Corinthians. He says, my grace is sufficient for thee. And he goes on to talk about how 
our weakness. He is actually mm-hmm. strength. I'm I'm slightly mis mis uh, quoting that, but I think you know what verse I'm talking about. His strength that is made grace. perfect in our weakness. Yes, yes, his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Yes. yes, that grace, His grace, is what can take that anxiety and form it into something that can draw us to Him. Mm-hmm. Because I think we all know. That anxiety is not something we want. It's, we are looking for ways to get past it. Yeah. And it is, it's a weakness. It's a, it's a weight. And God says, I can transform that. Mm-hmm. By my grace, I can make that a beautiful testimony of my grace in your life. And I love looking at Jesus. Obviously, that is we are supposed to be made more and more like Christ. That's what the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit is doing by the work of sanctification. And sometimes I go through things I... My, I read this book with my kids, What Would Jesus Do? That I don't know if you ever read that book. Yes. But so sometimes I just really break it down. So as I was dealing with anxiety, I was like, what What would Jesus do? I mean, did Jesus face this? He, he says that, you know, we he was tempted in everything mm-hmm. like we were. And as I as I broke it down in my mind, this is just how I did it for me. I was like, what did I see Jesus doing? And, and as I look through the Gospels and I see him here on this earth, what was he doing? And I came down to three main things that Jesus was doing. He was quoting scripture Mm -hmm. with his trials. He was praying consistently and he was doing God's will. We see all the miracles that he was doing. His focus was on others. He had Mm -hmm. come to seek and save the lost. And as I stayed through that, it was so encouraging to me because scripture is our weapon. What does Mm -hmm. Ephesians 6 say? That the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, that is how we do battle Mm -hmm. in our life spiritual warfare. Oh, I love that whole passage. Um, but we have to be in it to know it. And that was like, it was convicting, but it was also encouraging. Yeah. I have been given the ability to fight this, not in my own strength, but through the word of God and um, get in the Bible, but also write it out, mm-hmm. memorize it. I don't know about you, but I have certain passages that are my go-to passages. When I'm starting to struggle with something, I run. It's yes. usually the Psalms, yes. but I run to those verses. I write them out. I post them in places in my house, and they give me strength because it is, it is the Word of God. Mm-hmm. But then also praying, keeping short accounts, and that consistent. The Bible says pray without ceasing, um, and that was just, it helps us recognize the presence of God mm-hmm. in our life because he is always with us, but we miss it when we're not talking to him. And when I'm actually consistently talking to him about anything and everything, the presence that it becomes so much more real, I recognize it. It was all along, but I am more aware Mm -hmm. of his presence in my life. And then when I think of Jesus doing God's will for him was the miracles of reaching out to others. It was a reminder to me that sometimes I just need to get outside of myself and, but not, not in a mean way. I'm mm-hmm. not trying to be harsh. If you're in a spirit, if you're in a state of anxiety, it, it can be really hard to look outside of yourself, but sometimes that's what's needed. We need to take our eyes perhaps off of our issues, look to Christ and say, God, I don't feel like I can help other people right now because I'm struggling so much, but I know that you can still use me mm-hmm. because I'm your child. You have given me a purpose in this life, like Elijah and ask him to use you to help other people. And sometimes just getting your eyes off yourself can do, can do a lot yeah. because you see how you can help other people, other people's issues. And that can just be a help. Um, just a few, a few more passages that were just a big help to me. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Um, when we get wrapped up in our thoughts and those anxious thoughts, um, we can really get carried away. I don't know about you, yes, but no, I was hoping when, that you would go to this passage because this <laughs> is my go-to anxiety passage. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, I am the type that once I start thinking about something, I just like, I hone in on it mm-hmm. and I am rationing it out in my head and it makes so much sense. And for me, journaling sometimes helps because mm-hmm. when I see those words on paper, I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. That that's actually not like that. You know, when it's in our head and we're just going round and round and round, we almost create a false reality in our Mm -hmm. mind, but it can be very dangerous because Satan, that's of course where Satan wants us to live. He keeps us going. He gives us even more insight. You know, sometimes we think we just have so much insight into a situation. Um, no, (laughs) we're just maybe going a little crazy in our own mind. Right. Um, so what is, what is second Corinthians 10? 
five say it says casting down actually i'm going to back up to verse three for though we walk in the flesh we do not war after the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through god to the pulling down of strongholds and i gotta pause right there for a second god can pull down those strongholds of anxiety in our life and how do we do that Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And for me, we've heard probably heard this phrase before, um, feelings aren't facts. Mm -hmm. But I have to remind myself of that sometimes because I feel something so strongly does not mean that it's true. And in the world we live in today, um, they try to there's no absolute truth and feelings are truth. And if that's how you feel, then that's your truth. And I'm not discounting feelings. They can be, um, they can be signals, Mm -hmm. but we cannot base our life and our mind and our, and our actions off of our feelings. And if we're not careful, that becomes our basis of how we view life. And we have to come back. Like Chris said, verse five said, casting it down and bringing it to Christ. We have to yield to him and we have to yield to Christ and yield Mm -hmm. every thought to him. Because I love what it says. It says, bringing it uh, to him, casting down every imagination that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. That is what God is saying he will give us. As Mm -hmm. we bring these thoughts to him, he'll give us his knowledge. Oh my goodness. I'd way rather have the knowledge of God than my limited knowledge Isn't that incredible that God offers to give us his wisdom and his knowledge about a situation? Well, now in my own life, I I get this mental picture talking about the strongholds and the casting down and bringing up. I almost Mm. have like, so there's this like throne in my heart, you know, and who should be on the throne? It should be God. It should be the knowledge of God, the knowledge of who he is. But so often I let these imaginations. um, And Mm. like you said, okay, imaginations, when I think imaginations, I think crazy Brittany thoughts that are spiraling <laughs> way beyond yes. what they really are. And yes. in any high thing is exalting itself above the knowledge of Christ. So I am putting my anxiety on that throne. Mm. I'm, mm. I'm spiraling in that I'm, yes. uh, I mean, lack of a better example, oh, I, to my, yeah. like a pig wallowing the mud. I am basking in, in whatever it is that I'm allowing myself to be controlled by. And in that, I have put that on the throne of my life. And having that mental picture has helped me to be able, like you said, like recognize I'm struggling with this. It's helped Mm. me to stop and be like, okay, whoa, what, what is the knowledge of God? What do I know to be true about him? Mm -hmm. And in helping me with anxiety, it has been so helpful to, to read his promises, to claim his promises, to memorize his promises. Because when I start to think, okay, like I have this decision to make. And if these are all the factors and and then it's just worry and concern and fear. And it just, like I said, Mm. it snowballs. I can stop and say, whoa, okay, I'm recognizing this. What do I know to be true about God? And that puts him back on the throne. So to me, that like mental picture has helped me so much to be able to sort through that and be like, okay, whoa, stop, stop, calm down put God back where he needs to be. And memorizing those promises has been key for me. Oh my goodness. I love that picture because it brings out the aspect of it's a choice. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we don't like to hear that. Like you said, wallowing, sometimes we don't like being there, but let's be real. Sometimes we do like being there for a few minutes until it gets really, really dark. You know, sometimes we like to wallow just a little bit. It is a choice. And I like how you brought that out because um, sometimes it feels out of our control, helpless, mm-hmm. but we have a choice every yeah. single time. And sometimes it might take a, take a few minutes, take a couple thoughts to recognize that. But as soon as we do, we have a choice to yes. bring it back to God. Well, I know one and, of those promises too is just in the Psalms, it says that, oh goodness, I'm paraphrasing, but basically the context is, is that David could trust and he could rest mm. because God never sleeps. And that to me has been so good because usually when I'm in seasons where I'm struggling with anxiety, it all hits at night. You know, I have distractions Mm -hmm. during the day, but it's at night Mm -hmm. when I'm trying to quiet my heart, when I'm trying to quiet my mind, that my mind is anything but quiet, you know? And here I am laying there tossing and turning all these things that 
I'm trying to fix, I'm trying to solve, I'm trying mm-hmm. to work through. And just again, taking those things off the throne of my heart and putting the truth of God's not going to sleep tonight. He's going to continue to work all things for his glory and for my good. And if he took yes. care of David when he was in the cave running from his enemies, he can take care of me and my problems too. Absolutely. Yes. I love that. Yes. Because faith sometimes comes to us at the most inconvenient times and nighttime when you're trying to sleep is not fun. Yes. <laughs> um, and I found too, but, if I'm lacking sleep, that does not help the anxiety oh, issue yes. either. Oh, absolutely. Because we're not thinking clearly anyway, right? Yes. <laughs> so then we're really, yes, we can really be open to that temptation. And I wanted, I did want to mention that like when we are struggling with this anxiety, we have to recognize that this is a way, if we struggle with this, this is something that Satan knows we have a weakness in. Mm -hmm. So he will always present more opportunities to have more anxiety. And we have to recognize that it is a temptation. We have the opportunity to bring everything to Christ, to make our thoughts obey Christ. Therefore, that gives us the ability to recognize when Satan is bringing more anxiety into our life. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to focus on him when Christ, who is our life. I love um, Colossians. The book of Colossians chapter three um, says, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we also appear with him in glory. And as we bring everything to him, he gives us perspective that he alone will fulfill us. You know, not having all the answers, not being in control. Because really anxiety is sometimes we don't feel in control mm-hmm. and we can't come up with all the answers and we just have to yield it back to him. Um, but we have to remember that God created our mind, right? Mm-hmm. So we may be enslaved to toxic thoughts, but God is not limited. We feel so bound up in a box by those toxic critical thoughts that bounce around in there, but God is not limited to that just because we are. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted to go to first Peter chapter uh, five, verses six and seven. And this is was so interesting to me because the context here is of the persecuted church. It's Christians that are running for their lives. It's mm-hmm. Christians that are living in a state where they very well could have a reason to live in anxiety. If you're running for your life, um, that would That's bring on anxious. a little bit yeah. of anxiety, right? And so knowing the context of this passage made it mean so much more to me. And again, familiar passages, but he says, um, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. And then he goes on to be sober, be vigilant. But reading those verses in the context of people that were definitely fighting anxiety, just was helpful to me because I realized that I can only give anxiety over to God as I humble myself to him. You know, pride is so stressful when we are focused on ourselves, when everything is, you know, about us and what we think that is very wearing and very stressful to us. Sometimes just humbling ourselves and giving it over to God can bring such peace. Mm -hmm. He is God. He is in control. We are not. And when we do that, when we just recognize those are the facts of life, that's the truth, then he can give us that that care that he wants to give us. He will be the one exalting and caring for us. Um, And that that was just such a helpful thing to me because I often need a reminder to humble myself. We can Mm -hmm. become very caught up in our own thoughts and what we think. And I needed to be reminded that I needed to humble myself. I'm not in control. I do not know best. Only God is sovereign and he is sufficient for us. Matthew chapter six. um, Again, these are really familiar passages. And I think sometimes we can bypass them because it's things we learned as kids in Sunday school or whatever. But in Matthew chapter six, it's the passage where Jesus is actually talking to them about anxiety. In verse 25, he says, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink or yet for your body, what you shall put on. It's not the life more than me and the body more than raiment. And he goes on to share much more. I won't take that time. And Jesus is literally speaking about anxiety here. And he's reminding them that this world is not everything. We have to live with eternity in view. 
in verse 33, he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Jesus is reminding them then and there. I will take care of you now, but don't live for now. Live for eternity. Mm -hmm. Keep eternity in view. Again, Colossians chapter three, verses uh, one and two says, set your affections on things above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God and not to be caught up with the things in this world. And sometimes just reminding ourselves to look heavenward mm -hmm. can relieve some of that anxiety as well. Um, God is sovereign. He is sufficient over He's sovereign over all, and he is sufficient. He will care for us just like he cares for the birds, all of these examples that he gives in this passage. And just bringing it down, there's honestly so many scriptures. Scripture is where we should run for our answers. There's so many I could share. But in all of this struggle, I still struggle with it. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not speaking of this as if I've somehow arrived or risen above this. Mm -hmm. No, I still battle this daily. But coming out of a, of a darker season where I felt like I was enveloped by anxiety, the Lord brought this thought to my mind that what if my struggles, what if this anxiety was not an affliction, but it was an opportunity? Mm, yeah. And like we talked about earlier, only God can do that. That grace, only God can transform that. Only he can make something that is our weakness into strength for his glory. Mm -hmm. What if it's not punishment? What if it's not fate that I'm just, I'm just an anxiety ridden mess. And this is going to be for the rest of my life. No. What if it is a drawing to Christ? Mm -hmm. What if it is an opportunity to yield in an even deeper way to him? When we, I recognize those anxious thoughts, it should immediately point me to Christ. Yes. Lord, I need you more than ever right now mm -hmm. and call out to him. What if it is an incredible gift to recognize that we need God, yes. that we need his presence daily, every minute, every second, we can become so much more aware mm -hmm. of how much we need him and to depend on him and walk in his strength when we are fighting with this, yes. it can actually be a gift. You know, in Romans 8, 35, it's, um, the passage that talks about nothing can separate us from the love of God. But in there, it says we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. God does not desire for us to walk around constantly battling. Yes, we, we do battle in this world, but he also calls us to be conquerors. And he gives us the ability yes. to live above by his strength. Not that we don't fight these battles, but he can give us the victory. He gives us hope. He can give us security. I may fail still in the these, but he will never fail me. He will always carry me through. And um, there's so many more passages just about the character of God, like you said earlier, that can encourage our hearts, that he um, wants to carry us through each of these. But I, I do want to just bring it down to a couple of practical things. This is a real battle that we fight right? Mm -hmm. It's a spiritual yeah. battle, but it can also be a physical battle. Um, like we talked about with Elijah, sometimes we do need to recognize that there are triggers. Like we talked about lack of sleep. Mm -hmm. um, there can be physical triggers in our life that can exacerbate this issue, perhaps uh, lack of lack of sleep. Mm -hmm. um, not eating well can actually, and I will try not to nerd out here <laughs> with all, all the nutrition <laughs> things, but if you are lacking in nourishment, if you are lacking in, in minerals and your body itself is struggling to continue, mm -hmm. then it is going to affect you mentally. It's going to affect you spiritually. So if you're really struggling, just starting physically, maybe look at a couple things. If you're really struggling with lack of sleep, give yourself a little grace there. Maybe you need to... Um, Find ways to be more nourished. Think of Elijah. That's what God did before mm -hmm. he ever dealt with those spiritual issues. He touched a verse physically. Yes. So I think that's a good place to start. Um, recognize and, and work with someone that can help you see, wow, where could I maybe use some more help here? Mm -hmm. um, but then um, for me, just uh, two more practical things that really helped me was instantly praying. Mm -hmm. As soon as, like we talked about, we kind of talked about this already, but as soon as I recognized, sometimes it took me a second, right? I just 
was all melting down. Okay. And as soon as I could recognize it, I immediately, for me, I had to pray out loud Mm -hmm. because if I tried to keep it in my mind, it felt like my mind won. Mm -hmm. And so as soon I would out loud say, God, I know this isn't truth. And I was, you know, my kids could hear me. They're little, they, they don't know, but I had to physically say out loud, Jesus, I need you now. Uh, and start quoting scriptures out loud. Hey, just the other day, I was sitting on the rocking chair and I was crying. I'm like, God, I need your help. And my daughter's like, what's wrong, mom? And I was like, I just need the Lord. I need the Lord. I'm just talking to Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But honestly, what better testimony could we give them that when we're struggling to run to Christ? Mm -hmm. But for me, um, just, just mentally, I had to pray out loud. And sometimes I need that reminder, even when I don't feel like I'm majorly struggling, I still need to be doing that. Um, but then also something that really helped me, um, and this goes back to Philippians 4, 6, when he talks about being careful for nothing, he goes to thankfulness and the gratefulness. I immediately found something to be grateful for. A lot of times when we're anxious, we turn to negative, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. Everything's wrong. Every this, that, whatever. So for example, um, my child had a blowout and the other one's screaming and something's burning in the oven. In those moments, I had to force myself to say, God, I'm thankful that I have diapers. I have a washing machine. It might seem so silly, but friend, let me tell you, we are blessed beyond measure. Mm -hmm. And when we can immediately say, even though God is still good, even if I can still be thankful, no matter what this situation is, and it's not easy. And our heart does not naturally want to do that, Mm -hmm. but that's what God says will bring us victory. We'll go back to Philippians four, six. So for me immediately, Again, sometimes I called it out loud. Finding something to be grateful for helped me shift my perspective. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we need a little perspective shift. Yes. So yes, this is a real battle. But what does God say? Not the world. Sometimes we can get really distracted by social media and Instagram, and they can really justify this. And I'm not downplaying the battle. Please, if you're in this battle, hear my heart. I'm not downplaying this. I've been where you are. I'm still where you are sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I am just calling us a little reminder to not wear anxiety as perhaps a a victim mindset or even perhaps a badge of honor. I hear, you know, lots of things like I have high functioning anxiety and whatever. And that's, that's great and funny sometimes, but really it's putting ourselves in the focus and we need to always point back to Christ in every area of our life. That's limiting of our God. And it gives Satan an opportunity It really gives him the glory. It's not pointing to Christ. Give it to God. Let him redeem this part of your story. This does not have to be a wasted time. Mm -hmm. This does not have to be a time that you look back and say, wow, I wish I could just forget that. No, God can redeem that. God can bring beauty out of that. God can bring strength. And as you dig into his word and you call on him and you cling to him, he can use it as only he can for strength and for glory. Point it let it point you to Christ mm-hmm. and give him all of the glory. And um, I know that everyone has different situations and different situations they're struggling with and that are real in their life. And I, and I, I don't want to downplay that, but God is always great. Mm-hmm. His grace, remember his grace upon grace yes. is always available. His word is there. Let his word be your anchor. Let his word be your help, your peace, your comfort. And he wants to wrap you up in his arms to give you that peace and to help you. And uh, I know he's done that for me Mm -hmm. and I know he will do it for you because that is who he is. And I love that you said that it can be an opportunity because I'm just thinking back. I've had several seasons of anxiety, just different circumstances, Mm -hmm. totally different circumstances in in each season. And it does feel like this is the end. There's no way out. There's Mm -hmm. no hope. But God meets us there. And there he reveals himself to you in a way that you don't see it in the Mm -hmm. sunshine. I, we were at a church recently and this guy was preaching from Job and he made this comment that I, I have not, I'm I'm working to grasp the depth Mm -hmm. of this truth, but he said that Job had known the God of blessing. He had all these cattle. He had all these children. He had all these things. 
and and God allowed Job to know him as the God of blessing, but yes. God wanted Job to know him as the God through brokenness. And, and there wow. was a different aspect of his character that Job was able to see through the brokenness that he couldn't see in the blessing. And that gave such a more intimate relationship between God mm. and Job. And like I said, I am still processing through all the riches that that truth holds. But I know I can testify from my own seasons of anxiety. I've learned things about God that I didn't yes. learn in any other season and, mm, and they're life changing things. Yes. Oh, I, I so agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about that, that comes from a place of personal experience as well. When, when I, you know, went through a, a very, a, a dark season, I looked back on that with, with really with guilt, with shame for a while that how could I go through, how could I think that about God or, you know, struggle with it like that. And God brought me to that realization that, this is actually a gift because, oh my goodness, I had no other hope but to run to him yeah. and to cling to him. And my, I love my Bible more than ever. I, I, and I just can't even imagine if I did not have the word of God. It is my anchor. It is my life source. Being and desperate does something mm-hmm. to you and for you. When you have to have God or you just can't make it, it, yes. it drives you to him and you cling to him. And he is that life raft that saves you out of your raging sea. Absolutely. Yes. And I can't believe that our God loves us so much and he walks with us so closely. He never lets us go. It's so beautiful. It is. Well, do you mind to close this episode out in prayer and just specifically with yeah. the listener in mind that might be in the Mm -hmm. middle of that storm, um, just praying for that listener that God would meet them. Yes. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Lord, all of this that we've talked about today is simply because you've given us your word. And Lord, I do pray specifically for those sweet ones out there that are going through this season, whatever their circumstances may be, their heart and their mind may feel overwhelmed by anxious thoughts, by temptations, by thoughts that um, Satan is putting in their minds to distract them, to pull them down. God, I pray that your light, the light of your word, the light of your truth would free them from this. Lord, help them to realize that they are not broken because of this, but they are even dearer to you. Lord, because of what they're going through, you draw even closer to them. You draw them to yourself. You're reaching out. You're touching them. You're nourishing them through your word. God, please, I pray that this opportunity would not pass them by, but they would cling to you and the strength that you can give them, the peace and the victory Lord, you promised to give us victory, to make us conquerors through your strength. And I pray that for each one of these that is listening. Lord, I pray for, Lord, just healing in this area. And Lord, that you would give them the strength to walk in your spirit by your grace and to draw closer to you and love you more each day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I hope that the No Higher Calling podcast has been a blessing to you. If so, please subscribe, share with your friends, and engage with me on Instagram at nohighercalling underscore. You can also subscribe to receive the No Higher Calling encouragement email on my website, which is www.nohighercalling.org. This includes podcast notes, what I'm reading, spiritual encouragement, a glimpse into my home, and some of my favorite products and resources. You can also enjoy more content on the No Higher Calling YouTube channel. I pray that this podcast will encourage you to fall more in love with Jesus and to be the Christian woman he's called you to be. Thanks for listening.